Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on uh, Barbecue Nation. And uh, my good friend and inspiration. And don't think I'm over adulating to you, Graham. It's just, it is true. It's a very unique story in my life because you're, oh, by the way, it's Graham Care, the Galloping Gourmet, and Leanne uh, mm-hmm. Whippen is with us today, too. Now I can say what I want. All right. Don't be rude as a host. We, you, you know this story, but I would get home from school, get off the school bus, go into the house, and your show would come on at four o'clock where I live. Okay. Um, and I would watch your show. It was a half hour show. I would watch your show and I would go do my chores on the farm. And then when my aunt came again, she'd write down the recipes and stuff of some of the things I wanted. Always when you were doing uh, seafood or pasta, I always wanted to to do those. And then I would try to do them the next day. Most of them very unsuccessfully, but I was trying. <laughs> but you all, you were the one that inspired me to really go forth uh, with all the other things I've done in my life, but to stick with my cooking and, and do that. So I thank you for that. And Leanne is an inspiration to me because uh, she's been out there. She's, she told you a little bit about her life with her, her dad and the hog farm and this and that. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I like people who have been out there and weathered the storms of life because mm-hmm. I can relate to that. I can't, uh, somebody that's just kind of come up and jumped into our world, if you will, the media world and that without much behind them. Um, uh, that's a little tough. So when I was listening to you, Graham, speaking about how you were in the hotel industry and that was your life. That's my background before barbecue. So I was in the hotel industry for 15 years, every Mother's Day, Thanksgiving, whatever. They had the buffets, you know, at the hotel. So that's all they knew growing up. To say the least, yeah. they are not in the uh, restaurant or hospitality <laughs> industry, uh, but that's all they knew. I mean, do you have any and you can't really I guess have any regrets, but um do you feel like you've missed out on anything being so in an industry that's so demanding of family time and taking away from actually enjoying family and extracurricular activities or what have you? Yeah, I think that, um, I'm not sure that I understand quite how to put um the word regret in mm-hmm. into that because um, there seems to be I've seemed to have learned stuff as a result of that and um, so I was lonely I I didn't have a bunch of friends 
I met my wife when she was 10 and I was 11. I was the <laughs> older man. And um, uh, <laughs> um, we fell in love um, before hormones. Um, so, you know, that's an extremely interesting experience. And I, I, I became friends with hers because I was desperately lonely. And she would read poetry to me over the phone on the hotel phone. And wow. customers couldn't ring up and make a reservation because she was reading poetry. <laughs> <laughs> so this had to stop at one stage. Um, so I, she invades my earliest memories, and I cannot for the life of me remember life of going from the dining room table in the restaurant to my room, and that was it. Um, I can remember the food I ate because mm -hmm. we had wonderful, it was an amazing, amazing restaurant. And so I, I was brought up um, to have a glass of wine with my evening meal at, um, at seven, eight years of mm -hmm. age. Um, but I, can't, I never had a wrapped present. Hmm. Um, I was given a bicycle, which is hard to wrap, and a dog, yeah. which is <laughs> equally hard to wrap. Um, but I can't remember any small gifts that I ever had. I never got a card. We never had a Christmas tree. Um, so all of those things were, I, I, there's something missing in me. The other day I was remonstrating with God, which I do for occasionally. Um, and I was simply saying to him, look, I don't think that I understand what it is to have fun. Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think I have ever really had fun. And so I get, I get, I don't hear God, you know, rumbling like thunder and then interpret it. I just think in my head, I'm getting an answer. And it was, you like acronyms, write down F-U-N. So I wrote F-U-N down on a piece of paper. And then, so now add, add words to that. So I put first, understand needs fun. And I then whooped. I literally shouted at the <laughs> ceiling. I was thrilled because all of a sudden, I understood something, which was that I've been seeing people's needs for years, ever since I was about 15. And my job as a servant is to meet that need. If there's a missing fork on the table, I would see that they were looking for a fork and I get a fork and I put it on the table and they'd look up at me and say, thank you, because they recognized they had a need and I recognized it and I provided for them. And then they were, they were happy. I, I have been like that ever since I've been 15. That couple in the restaurant that night when I cooked the crepe Suzette for the very first time for a couple, I was meeting their need for um, a, a, a nice dessert after a nice menu, and they were obviously on a date with each other, and they were have, uh, loving each other and loving the whole experience, and I had made that happen. And that is wonderful. The thought that, Jeff, 
came and saw my program at four o'clock in the afternoon and that I made something happen for him mm-hmm. is uh, how can you have regrets in life if you're like that? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my, that, that, that's, a, that's about who I am. I, I have another question for you, Graham, because I know that you were doing your show five days a week and I know the people that are on cooking shows today, they aren't doing all their prep work. I mean, everything is done for them. I feel as if, well, first of all, you were like the pioneer, you know, the first person I ever saw cooking on TV. My mom used to watch you all the time and I was right there. But I feel like you didn't have, and that's my question. Did you have help back when you first started that show or were you really planning all these meals and doing, I, I just feel like you did all the work five days a week. And I just don't know how you did that. I mean, that's like cooking for a family of 10. <laughs> well, to begin with, um, uh, the answer is um, <clears throat> uh, yes, I did. I actually did all the preparation and then I did all the washing up afterwards in the men's room sink in the, in the restroom mm. Um and I was paid $25 an episode for a national television show. And that's in New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. So um, when I went to Australia, um, they required that I did, um, let's see, um, on Monday I did two shows, on Tuesday three, Wednesday two, Thursday three, Friday two. So and it all had to be done in the one week and you just can't do that. You can't do all the prep work at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I had one assistant who Barbie Small, who used to help me. Then I went to um, to the States and uh, up to Canada where we made our shows in 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 Ottawa. And um, in that one, I had to do 65 shows in six weeks. and, and my personal time in each show with uh, development and everything else was 19 and a half hours on average. So I had to do 195 new shows a year. Um, and for that, I had two extra um, uh, helpers uh-huh. uh, with me as well. But we, we did live rehearsals in the afternoon. And then we recorded um, two or three episodes with the same audience that night. So the, uh, the, the kitchen had to be completely cleared and reset um, three, t- uh, three times, in fact, before I, I that audience. I can't even imagine. That must have taken either. a toll. Yeah, that must have taken a toll on you. I don't know how you physically and mentally, I just, and the creativity involved. I mean, were you creating these recipes yourself? Yes. Oh. I will, uh, well, well sh- let's say that I wanted to do stroganoff, you know, um, beef mm-hmm. stroganoff. So we go to Moscow. That's where we went to get the recipe. Mm. I, I, I went 28 times around the world going for the recipes in their, in their original state. In their, and I told all the, 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 you know, the tourist bureaus and everything else would run circles for me. We had 200 million viewers during that time. There. Wow. And, and that, that, you, you line that up against here, and, and that seems ridiculous. But remember, there's only four channels. Mm-hmm. Right. 
right. it, it, it's a it's a completely different life. So um, I I. I, I told them at the beginning, I can't do that. The, 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 the contract was for 650 episodes. And I said, I know I can't do that. I had a 65 mm-hmm. that I could do that I'd done before at, at, for the, the first series. From then on, it was like running a relay race um, from one episode to the other, but having to jump hurdles at the same time. And I would always feel like I had put my foot through a hurdle, you know, when mm-hmm. it, it hadn't gone exactly the way that I would have liked it to have gone. Um, but I couldn't pick up the, uh, the pieces. And, and the strange thing is, looking back upon all of the episodes and even watching them, I've only watched eight episodes of mine. I've done 1,800 episodes altogether. I've only watched eight and I thought they were terrific, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so did we. So did we. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife told me, don't ever watch yourself back, because if you do, you'll run a tape in the back of your mind about the things you like, and you'll do that, and the things you don't like, and you'll edit those out, and you'll become an edited person. And you can see edited persons every night on television mm-hmm. who study themselves and have a way of, of you know, of behaving. Um, so th- that was, for me, it was, and I know script, um, I would memorize the recipe because I always gave the ingredient quantities. Um, and I loved the fact that I would serve somebody at the end and have them eat it. For me, that was everything. Um, I worked hard. Nineteen and a half hours was coming to an end. Another show was in the can, and this person was going to taste it, and they say it's delicious, and I would Mm. go yes. Did you ever? Did you have ever someone that said, "Ugh, I don't really like this"? Oh, you did. (laughs) Yeah, we had a breakdown with the cameras, and that. and a dish which is not easy to ferment had somehow fermented as it was waiting for, and the audience was having a tough time too. And this happened to be a rebellious student that I picked out of a, a woman. Oh. And she said, this is disgusting. And I said, isn't it? It's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> it happened to be my sponsor was Hunt's, Hunt Wesson, you know, the yeah. tomato. And they were, they passed a paper. Can he please do something cheap, something less expensive? This was a a, a less expensive dish to to please the sponsor. Mm. When she said it's disgusting and I agreed with her, they agreed not to, not to ask me to do that again. (laughs) So I have a, I have a technical question for you. When you were doing three shows a night, between the shows, did you move your audience members around so it wasn't the same group of people sitting in the front row, as it were? No, if, if they came early and got the front row, they 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 won their seat. Um, mm-hmm. And um, but they they did get to go to the bathroom for bathroom breaks and things like that. <laughs> and they used to come when it was a, a blizzard. 
they would turn up in a blizzard and we had these um, uh, radiator warming devices that they plug their car in in, 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 the, uh, in the car park. We never had an empty seat. No. And we sold all of our seats every year. We put them up for, 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 for ordering and we would get rid of 195 episodes of audiences. Um, within weeks. Wow! So, and I and I, I I sound as if I'm over impressed with myself. I don't think I ever got a chance to be over impressed with myself. Um, I I, um, I always feel that I was one step away from failure. Um, but that's and, why I, you were successful. I, I think so. There's a word which says humility is being known for who you are, not who you'd like to be and not who you think you've been. Yeah. It's who you are mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I still get nervous every time I'm on television and I'm on a couple times a month. Um, I could do more if I wanted, but with everything I've got going on, that's about as much as I can do. Yeah. I, we do it live. Everything's shot live. And, uh, of course I don't have the, the half hour to work with or 22 minutes. I've got six that I have to, to work with, but yeah. I still get nervous when I'm in studio and you see the red light come on, but now I'm, we're doing it remotely, but they come on and I can see the monitor across the stove and they'll say, hi, are you there? Yes. Okay. We'll be back in 90 seconds. And then you hear the music come up and the host greets you and you do your thing. And, and I will confess like you that I don't know how many episodes I've done. I've never kept count, but I've probably watched less than 10 of them over 21 years. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't want to go back and, and, and do it. You know, I just, Oh, I have another question. Yeah. Uh, what was your biggest disaster on TV? Like as far as cooking, like oh. accident, like what really something bad that happened? Well, I'm not sure it was <clears throat> what I would call bad, but um, I, I was making a hot water paste pie um, called a Melton Mowbray pie in England. It's veal, ham and egg. Um, and uh, you make the, 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 the water paste is with lard, and boiling water and and flour, and this is coalesced and in, into a rather marvelous sort of um, crust. Um, and um, so I was making this, and I had put uh, as preparation, I'd put this water, um, uh, and 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 had put the 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 the, the suet. Uh, the, the lard, um, and it had melted and and formed a top on the water. And I put this pan on the heat to heat up the water so that it was boiling and it would melt the lard and everything else. You know, and I thought that that, that, that would work. Well, it didn't. <laughs> the, 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 the water boiled under the lard and the lard had been kept in the freezer and, and, uh -huh. and had frozen. And um, so this powerful 
explosion happened <laughs> with the water. And this boiling hot lard uh, under these was sprayed out everywhere. And I got it in my eyes and my oh. hair and everything else. And um, Trina is yelling at the, uh, at, at the cameras, um, keep the cameras rolling what? if he's gone blind. <laughs> Let's get it on tape. Um, so um, she, she, um, we, she said, we've got to get this thing in tape. So yeah, clean yourself off. You know, and 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 we and we've got to move because we've got another two episodes tonight. Oh my gosh! Um, so did it ever air? I, I come. My hair is full of oh. blood, so I, I smooth it down. I look like De Niro in The Godfather. <laughs> you know, um, and and so I, I I and I had little little red spots of of hot blood, you know, over my face. Um, so. And when I came back, <coughs> I described what had happened and just continued. So that was that was that was difficult, actually. But the wonderful one was when I set fire to Terry's Jubilee. Yes, uh, and the flames went up into the ceiling and triggered the uh, the fire <laughs> the fire system, which sent a signal to. Uh, you didn't hear it. It was because it was in sound studios, etc. But it, it warned the local fabricate. So this, suddenly the doors burst open and these firemen rush into this program with 380 people in the audience and me and everything else with their says, where's the fire? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, unfortunately, they didn't get it on tape, but that was oh. that was hugely that was hugely funny. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so. It, it's all good. It's all good, Graham. What a pleasure to have Absolutely. you on. And um, this is my Christmas present to you, Leanne. Thank you. I was going to say Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to Graham. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. And uh, we shall do it again. I promise. Graham, thank you. Well, and thank you. So um, because uh, you're fine and you're a good, friendly fellow. And I've enjoyed you over the years. But Leanne is something else. Oh, well, that's true. Thank you. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Um, that's going to do it for us here on After Hours, uh, and we'll be back next week. So for everybody out there and for Graham and Leanne, I thank you. And take care, everybody. Have a wonderful holiday. Amen. Amen. There Amen. you go. Amen. Um, I, think, I think we're good. I think we're all good. Anything well, else? If, if I knew about your thermostat system, I would get you a remote, but I don't know if I could make it compatible with your system. But in my mind, that's what <laughs> I would buy you for Christmas. OK, <laughs> well, I'm going to go online and see whether there's such a such an animal. I, I, I think there is. I think there is. But <laughs> I, I, I still think you're going to have to do your exercises in bed. So that's going to still happen. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Don't even go to the gym. <laughs> yeah yeah just do yeah. your stretch well truly a, a pleasure and i hope you have a wonderful holiday and Thank you. Um, you too. yeah wow i feel like we've been talking for like one minute and I, i'm looking at the clock like wow we've been on for a while so yes we have 
Thanks. Thanks. Go again. Mm-hmm. Um, Enjoy. I will. I will uh, round up your huckleberries. I'll do oh yes. Shall I tell Leanne the story? Of yeah. huckleberries, sure. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So I am grieving over the loss of my beloved, you know, who died six years ago, and um, um, and I'm I'm having breakfast, and I, you know, I don't mind admitting it. Um, I'm actually crying on my on my placemat. Um, I'm re- I'm in a real pity party attitude, um, and uh, suddenly the door bursts open, and God rushes in with a five-gallon paint, you know, went those white five-gallon bucket, yeah, five-gallon bucket full of huckleberry jam. So he comes up to the table. <clears throat> and he gets his big ladle out of it and he whoops this big ladle of huckleberry jam on my placemat where the tears have been and massages them into my placemat and said to me, so what do you think I just did? And, and I said, well, your scripture says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And since you're here, um, I don't know, but it looks like a mess. And, um, and he said, I, well, I, the other day you went to a farm and you had huckleberry jam. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And you told the farmer, it's the first huckleberry jam you've ever tasted. I said, yeah, that's true. And then you said, I am grateful to you for introducing me to huckleberry jam. And I said, yes, I did say that. Good. So you see, what you've just been doing here at this placemat is you've been doing a thing that would be like a whirlpool. And you've been going down and down and down with this grief thing. And, and that's, that can keep going. It's just not wise for you to keep on. You'll grieve for a season, and that's fine. But not this. This is a form of self-pity. What you need to do when you feel this way again is to remember what I've done to your placemat. I smothered it in gratitude because you were grateful for the jam. Now you need to be grateful for Trina, grateful for all the years you've had together and all of the wonderful experiences you've had. So when you feel like pity, just think of Huckleberry Jam and think of being grateful. I love that. So my friend Jeff has provided me with all kinds of jars of Huckleberry Jam over, and that's my recompense, that's my payment, that's my my AFTRA you know, yeah. fees for, 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 for knowing him. And so, and, and I just exist between Huckleberry Jams from Jeff um, um, and with um, Smucker's, <laughs> Smucker's Strawberry Jam. So let me, I got to tell you this. I was just at my, well, my dad passed away last year, but we were just at his house. I just drove back last night and we were, we had some toast. And so, I looked at the fridge. I was looking for some sort of jam or jelly and I love a raspberry jam. 
Well, they had this jam that had all the, I looked at the ingredients, you know, raspberry, blueberry, strawberry. And you know what they called it? Mm. Traffic jam. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. 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 Yeah, I thought that was great. Perfect. It was actually perfect. very good. <laughs> it's all good. I'll buy that. All right. All right. See you next everybody. year. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Thank sooner, you so much. Sooner than that. All right. Okay. Yeah. Signing okay. out. All bye right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.